Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
You are entering the Rory Sauter Show, home of America's Man of the Hour and home of America's Biggest Trump Supporter. Climb aboard and buckle up your seatbelt because this is a wild ride. Nothing but unfiltered talk and the hardcore truth. Mega, mega, mega. tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. Happy Thursday. I hope you all are doing very well. I hope your day has gone accordingly. I hope it's been productive. I hope it's been uh, everything it should be. Uh, we had a phenomenal show last night. Uh, I want to thank, you know, all our special guests. Uh, you know, uh, it, was, it was a great show. We got a lot of topics addressed. We got a lot of things uh, covered and uh, a lot of great viewpoints and, uh, you know, uh, information. Just so, so insightful. Uh, that's, for, that's for sure. Um, as always, I do want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank our amazing audience. We are now downloadable in 19 different countries. Again, that's downloadable and listened to in 19 different countries. Our audience is doing amazing, um, and you guys are the reason that this show keeps going. And uh, I want to thank, obvi- obviously, my amazing co-hosts and all the special guests we always have on our show. And as always, guys, you can find us on over 40 different platforms online. Just go to Google and type in the Rory Sauter Show, and you'll see several, several platforms that you can listen to our show from. Um, also, as always, please visit our new media site uh, that we're still – I still have a few more things I'm fixing on there, but uh, we're updating it regularly. It's the – NextGenUSA.com. That's D N E X Gen USA.com. And for all my Trump supporters, you can always visit the Donald J Trump Store.com. Uh, you'll find some amazing merchandise there. Um, so let's let's get into it, guys, shall we? Uh, it's it's been a day. It, it's it's uh, you know I thought a lot uh, happened yesterday, but there was even a lot that happened today as well. And so many different headlines, uh, you know, the show tonight, though, is, is huge. Uh, we have America's rabbi. We have the Middle East observer, Islamic historian, political consultant, public speaker, best-selling author, and a contributor to Wall Street Journal, Washington Times, National Review, New York Daily News, The Federalist, and the founder of Caucus, and he's the founder of Caucus for America. 
And he was the first rabbi to ever uh, endorse Ronald Reagan. He's worked closely with many presidents. Uh, we also will be having on tonight economists and public – wait, no, sorry – Hedge fund, hedge fund manager, venture capitalist, entrepreneur, economist, and public speaker, Joel, Joel Block will be calling in. Uh, we've had him on the show before. Very talented, very successful guy. We'll also be having attorney, lobbyist, Democratic state senator in Louisiana, and author of the new book, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World Order, John Milkovich will be calling in. Um, as always, uh, oil and natural gas investor, foreign policy analysis, businessman, motivational speaker, radical Islam expert, and a contributor to Daily Caller, Clash Daily, Live Zet, Daily Surge in the Hill. Dan Perkins will be joining us soon. Uh, on the phone now, I have uh, one of my great co-hosts, legislative affairs for President Ronald Reagan, international security expert, Islamic historian, political activist, and best-selling author, Valerie Greenfield. How are you? Valerie? Hey, Valerie? Are you there? Hey, Rory. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And Josh, um, lobbyist, political strategist, and activist, Josh Halavate. How are you, buddy? I am doing well. How are you? Doing well, man. So let's get get into the opening. Uh, Let's get into the opening here. Um, I want to go into this government shutdown, you know, in in detail real quick. Because it's driving me nuts that these Democrats, you know, and we know it's politics. They're playing politics. They don't want Trump to have his way. You know, they know this is a victory for Trump once he gets his wall. But let's take a past look at what Democrats said about uh, how they felt about border security in the past before Trump came along. They were all for it. Uh, One, two. We want people coming in to our country based on merit and based on the fact that they are going to love our country and they respect our people in our country. For decades, open borders have allowed drugs and gangs to pour into our most vulnerable communities. Most tragically, they have caused the loss of many innocent lives. We are a nation of immigrants and we should all be proud of it. But we're also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before. Families who enter our country the right way and play by the rules watch others flout the rules. People who enter the United States without our permission are illegal aliens, and illegal aliens should not be treated the same as people who entered the U.S. legally. And because we live in an age where terrorists are challenging our borders, we cannot allow people to pour into the U.S. undetected, undocumented, and unchecked. We've got to do several things, and I am, you know, adamantly against illegal immigrants. Certainly, we've got to do more at our borders, and people have to stop employing illegal immigrants. We're working to make sure that we have sufficient facilities to detain, house, and process them appropriately. And it is unlikely that their children will be able to stay. And I've asked parents across Central America not to put their children in harm's way. The president's decision to end DACA was heartless and it was brainless. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of families will be ripped apart. 
Meanwhile, what's happening to families at the border is horrific. This is a moral and humanitarian crisis. That's the Democrats' law. We can change it tonight. We can change You're it right now. I will leave right here. Now. No, no. They're telling us that the single most grave threat to America is a bunch of like poor, impoverished, broke, hungry refugees a thousand miles away. They're even using our brave troops, sending them down as a political stunt. The Department of Homeland Security says there's been more than a 200% spike in illegal border crossings over the past year and a 37% jump from last month to this month. For the first time, an American president is taking a very firm line. Good. That's what's needed. Whole populations are on the move. Invasions, frankly, have to be stopped. You know, I'm going to introduce our, 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 our next uh, couple guests here in a second, but I do want to make a point about this video, and everybody's going to agree with me. The way de- – and we heard Democrats, you know, I'll name them right now, Schumer, uh, Hillary, Obama – and Bill Clinton, you heard what they just said in the past about illegal immigration. Then all of a sudden, since Trump ever took office, they're, they're, you know, they don't want the wall. But they were all for the wall. They were all for border security uh, before Trump came along. But like I said, they know this is a Trump victory. They know this is a Trump gain. They know that Trump is going to uh, win on his biggest promise of all, uh, you know, out of his campaign. Uh, so this is something that the Democrats are, like they say, resist, resist. It's so phony. Uh, before I introduce my uh, first uh, couple guests, I want to uh, – Valerie uh, Greenfeld, I want your thoughts real quick, and then I'm going to go to Josh. Well, I agree that, um, you know, this is a, a political issue. I mean, obviously, the Democrats, as you just showed in your in your clips, that, you know – Keeping our people safe is number one. And the fact yep. that they're using it as a political issue just shows yep. how important their, their, their power and control is more important than their constituency and more important than Americans' lives, more important than the families that, are, that have yep. been torn apart because they're, they've been, you know, people have been killed um, yep. by illegal aliens. And ask any of the families of the the members, um, you know, Kate Steinman or any of the others that kept, were murdered. You know, those those people have lost their children as well, not just the ones that are being separated. And you used to work you used to work for Ronald Reagan, so you know all about the the politics and the way it goes back and forth. And it's it's such a game. It it, it really is a big game. Uh, Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's really sad when we get to this point in our, in our country where people change their political stances, not because of a personal experience or statistics or, you know, a story that came across the news. No, none of that. They change it because, one, it's convenient, or, two, it's the way that the voters want, want them to vote, or, you know, when it's party's issue to stand a certain way, not because – it, it means anything, you know. People, people in in the government, elected officials, should only change their beliefs and ideas about things 
when there's a reason to, not just because of their base. Right, and, and it's this. This isn't even about party. This, or this is this is about American policy, securing our borders. This is about the right thing to do. I mean, pure and simple. That's just the facts. I do want to introduce um, America's rabbi, Middle East observer, Islamic historian, political consultant, public speaker, best-selling author, and a contributor to Wall Street Journal, Washington Times, National Review, New York Daily News, The Federalist, and the founder of Caucus for America, Rabbi Spiro. How are you, my friend? Thank you for coming back. Oh, I'm just, I'm fine, and it's good to be back. Yeah, you know, obviously there's a lot going on right now, and, uh, you know, I, um, I do also have on the line um, oil and natural gas investor, foreign policy analysis, businessman, motivational speaker, radical Islam expert, and a contributor to Daily Caller, Class Daily, Lives at Daily Surge and the Hill, Dan Perkins. How are you, my friend? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me on, Roy. Excellent. Thank you for being here. Um, a rabbi, let's go to you first. You know, I want to um, let, let's get to the facts here about this uh, entire, you know, government shutdown. You know, I was just playing some clips and, you know, like I was telling the audience, you know, when the Democrats are doing this, uh, you know, be resisting and not giving Trump, you know, his wall and and they're putting uh, party over, you know, proper American policy. And, and we all know why the Democrats you know, uh, change their minds all of a sudden. I mean, they were for border security. They were for the wall, but they just don't want Trump to gain a, and fulfill on his biggest campaign promise. And it's, 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 so, it's a merry-go-round of politics. I mean, it's, it's bad for America right now. I mean, the, the way we are divided in certain aspects and the way, you know, it's so hostile. But what are your thoughts on all this? Well, it's not bad for America. It's about time we had this fight out in the open. There are, well, there I are don't, many of I, us. I don't, I, no, let me correct that real quick. I don't, what I mean is the Democrat agenda, what the Democrats are pushing, their narrative is bad for America. It's anti-America, and it's, you know, it, it's not, they're not putting our country first, which I find a huge issue with. And, you know, it's not the same Democratic Party that it once was. I mean, it's not the JFK Party anymore. Well, it's not. It's not. Listen, I knew Hubert Humphrey, and I knew uh, Scoop Jackson from Washington State. I didn't know John Kennedy, but I knew um, Everett Dirksen. I knew a lot of those folks. And America, yes. of course, was, was placed first. Now, if you say America first, they call you a Nazi. That's how bad things have, yeah. have happened on the left. If you want to put your country first and you say, hey, America first, patriotism, nationalism, we want to protect the American people, well, they tell you that's immoral to want to protect the American people. I think what happened, though, was it really began in the Obama years. They came to realize, the Democrats, that they were not going to win elections based on the historic American population. They were going to need all the immigrants they could bring in in order to win elections because they were moving so far to the left that certainly the seniors, and I'm a senior, were uncomfortable with uh, what the Democrats were doing. They were involved in socialism, things that were anti-American. Certainly if you were a person that was born in the 40s and the 50s, and you look at their, their, their global policies and Obama apologizing across the world about 
America and how bad we are. Well, they knew that eventually they were not going to get the seniors. They were not going to get the veterans. They were not going to get most of the believing Christians and people of faith. So they decided that their ticket to elections was immigrants because historically it's been that way for the Democrat Party. But also where in the past when immigrants would come and they would just love the opportunity to work, well, now when immigrants come, the carriages, we're going to feed you, we're going to house you, we're going to clothe you, we're going to take yep. care of your all of your health care and education. All you have to do is vote for us, and then you condition people that way. They want those freebies, so they vote for the Democrat Party. <laughs> so it was during Obama's time that they came up with this idea. We really, although we'll tell the American people we're for uh, uh, protected borders, they kept them open so as many illegals could come in as possible. And once they're in, they're going to vote. That's all there is to it, because if you ask them, are you a citizen? Well, then you're called a racist. They have all these types, and, and you've got to give them a license right away out of compassion so that they could drive to a job. So they really do want open borders because it's these immigrants, these illegals, that uh, are going to bring the Democrat Party over the top. The second thing is, and you notice it now, the Democrat Party, liberalism in general, is very much, they're vocal, they're against white, Christian, conservative, America, especially if you're a male, they're against uh, the religious foundations. They do want to change the demographics of America. They want to topple what they call, they call the WASP uh, um, culture or hegemony. So they do want to make this, this, this metamorphosis transformation in America and uh, the illegals help with that because it ends up instead of the illegals having to learn our ways, we, in the name of multiculturalism, have to accommodate their ways. And then, of course, there's what you have right now. They don't want Trump to have any accomplishment because if he does, he can run in 2020 about that accomplishment and having kept his word. So uh, it's very cynical. But Nancy Pelosi, I just want to finish with this, Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, these people, they don't really care that much about most of the American people. There are two reasons why many politicians in the past would care about people. Number one, they need their votes. Number two, they need their money. Money they're going to get from their fat cats, who are the big environmentalists and want open borders, they're going to give them money up the wazoo, so much money. They don't need the regular citizen for money. And as far as votes, as I mentioned, their votes are not coming from middle America. Their votes are going to come from all of the illegals. So Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about the, the people. She's an elitist. She's a snob. She's indifferent. She's become soulless, just soulless. I hear you. Wow. Care that, about very even well all these stories. You, you, you heard what happened today. These angel mothers, fathers, families who lost their children, and they're crying out. They came to the Capitol. Pelosi wouldn't meet with them, and Kamala Harris, the great saint, she, she, she threatened to call the Capitol Police or her representative to call the Capitol Police to get these people out of her office. These are people that lost their children because the borders are not protected. They have become callous, yeah. soulless people. Yeah, they only care about legals. It, it's so true, and, and you know, I, we just had uh, Will Johnson on last night, and uh, he uh, was in a headline news video with activist Laura Loomer and Ben Berkwam. Yeah. And what they did was they took a bunch of illegals over to Nancy Pelosi's residence in California, and they got into the driveway and, into, uh, and they made this whole video. 
and, and, you know, trying to prove a point and Nancy saying all these illegals are welcome in our country. But then Nancy called the police, escorted them out. It was, it was like millions of views on this video, but it was, uh, it was crazy. I mean, just, I loved it though. The way it was proving a point and how these, you're right. These politicians only want their votes. They want the black vote. They, after they get it, they say, see you in four years. We don't give a shit about you. We're not doing anything for you. We, they, they, get the, they get the Hispanic vote. They get the minority vote, whatever. Uh, you know, and it's like, see you in four years. I mean, that's, that's what it is. Their agenda at this point is pure communism. They want to turn us into Venezuela, plain and simple. Well, they also, they also for themselves, this deep state, they, they want to yeah. retain these jobs while they're alive, and then they want to give it to their children. The Clintons want to give it to the right. Chelsea's, and the Obamas want right. to give it to their daughters. And a lot of the people right. in the deep state, this is how they're now generationally going to make their right. living, and a good living, and, and honor, and perks, right. and, and all that go with yeah. it. So this is like, for example, let's say you had a business and you worked so hard to keep it, then you want to hand it over yeah. to your children and your grandchildren. Yeah. But these deep staters, that's how they look at the government. It's for them, their, their, their estate, and they want to give it permanently to their family members. Um, no, you're absolutely right. I, I want to I wanna let uh, Dan Perkins respond, but, um, you know, I, I really, real quick, I, I want to say that today I loved what Trump did with the whole Nancy Pelosi situation, you know, saying, you know, you know the government shut down, you know, people aren't getting paid, you know, this trip can wait, and even Trump postponed his uh, trip over to uh, – uh, overseas, you know, he, the the uh, the uh, summit. He he, so he could, because of the shutdown. So I, it's it's all about being fair. And what bothers me is most Democrats are still collecting their paychecks during this, but and most of the conservatives have uh, signed uh, letters of intent or you know the contracts, basically saying that they'll they'll hold off on the pay during the shutdown. So it just goes to show the the hypocrisy with the Democratic Party. They don't practice what they preach. Um, Dan Perkins, your response, though. Is uh, Josh on tonight? Yeah. Josh, I, I, have a, I, think I, I think I know what you're about to say. What's that? I, I think you're going to go in another direction, but that's just a guess. You got <laughs> it. Yes. Do you know that Article 2 of the Constitution requires the president to periodically report the, quote, State of the Union. And for many years, the president complied by doing a written notice. But when the president started to actually go to the Congress and make his presentation Mm -hmm. of the State of the Union, he was fulfilling his obligation as the chief executive under the Constitution. Nancy Pelosi and you may have heard her a couple of weeks ago, said that she is the equal to the President of the United States, that the Speaker of the House is equal to the President of the United States. Not true. Entitled. She is is third in the line of... Don't you agree? I'm sorry? Don't you think she's so entitled? Uh, I, 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 yes, I, I think that, that she, um, she is, uh, living in a separate world. And I think that, that, uh, I noticed that the mainstream media 
has not talked about Article 2, uh, the requirement under the Constitution to the president to make a state of the union. Um, and and I, 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 I agree with you, Roy. I thought what he, what he did to do about cutting out the, the government plane to send her on her junket, um, ostensibly she says to visit the troops in Afghanistan, but I, you know, she might be going there, but not, not because she is, she wants, she's looking for a photo op. So right. I, I, I think that, that, that one of the issues Again, that's not being talked about. What is the risk? What is the risk to the American female by the actions of Nancy Pelosi? What does she do to the women's movement? What does she do with her actions? I mean, look, look at look at the way she's setting. You know, she's setting so many people back. Like, like there's people in her party right now that are telling her, stop being oppositional with Trump and let him, you know, have the wall. Just budge with him. Like, there, there was a whole article on Breibart today. And, you know, the freshmen uh, in Congress and various people in Congress on the left uh, want the, the shutdown to end, so they want a deal made. But... People like Pelosi and Schumer, they're so stubborn and oppositional. But uh, you're, I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't know. What, what, what is it, Dan, with the, the woman's, what, what's she holding back with the woman's uh, situation? Comment, Go ahead, Valerie. Pardon? Thanks. Um, you know, I think when, when Trump first was elected, people were saying, you know, he has a, uh, you know, he says things with the wrong kind of vocabulary, and he's not good for our children because they're learning, you know, this kind of behavior. And I think Nancy Pelosi is just is 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 worse. I really do. She is mm-hmm. not um, making setting a good example for women, and the way mm-hmm. that she goes about her, you know, she's very vindictive, um, and she's she's um, revengeful. She's disrespectful and and I think it's bringing not only um, politicians into the gutter and Washington the reputation of Washington DC and politicians down which already was down but now I agree with you Dan that she's bringing the reputation of women down when you're the speaker of the house and you're the first woman yeah. speaker of the house you have a responsibility to the little girls who are looking up now, when you know, what, what do they want to be when they grow up? They want to, you know, have this powerful position. And when you yeah. look at Nancy Pelosi, is, is that somebody that we want our children to, to emulate? Um, no, uh, no, she's she's nasty. She's and here and here's the here's the point. She's never done anything for women. I mean, I see women on the left, you know, always praise her, always give her all this. These compliments saying she's such a fighter for women's rights. But what has she done? Gave, giving, giving you guys more abortion choices and entitlement? I mean, it, you know, this, it, it, she's just as evil as Hillary is. You know, she is all about power. She doesn't give a shit about any of her um, people that vote for her. Um, you know, she's been in there for, what, I, what 20, over 20 years and she's made millions of dollars off of all these crooked things. I mean, she's just a, a typical scummy politician. But, Dan, I'm going to let you respond. Sorry. And then I'm going to get back to Rabbi. Yeah. 
you know, I, I just think that I think Valerie's right. She is not, she's not presenting herself, in my opinion, as a as a role model for not only young girls, but even millennial women um, who are are probably more engaged in politics than previous generations of young women. But but it's 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 a it's a um, almost said a shame, but uh, it, it is a shame that that she is behaving the way she is, um, and, and you can you can see you can physically see the hate yeah. in, in her body. You can see it the way yeah. she uses her hands. To to, yep. to dictate to orchestrate, it's it's there yep. and and it's it is it, if that's the way uh, America is, you know I I didn't just finished an interview just before I came on with your Roy and and the gentleman made the point he said if if Nancy gets her way and we open up the borders and we bring in 130 million to 150 million more people, that will be the end. Of immigration because the opportunity right. that they started to come to to come into the United States will be gone yeah. because we'll be a third world country. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, the, these these uh, states that are offering illegal free health care uh, and New York, California. I mean, they're already announcing it, and it's it's all happening in these these um, liberal cities. You know, New, like New York City, de Blasio is promising it. Uh, you know, I think Seattle is going to be starting it soon. There'll be another city. Uh, obviously, the whole state of California is doing going to be doing it. That's Gavin Newsom's number one thing. And when you have that sort of incentive and motive uh, and thing right in front of you, you're you, like I said, you're going to have the whole world move here. And you know, and like I said many times, you know this. This government shutdown could, end, like Trump says, it could end in 15 minutes. Like, if the Democrats really wanted a deal, they really cared about their voters, if they really cared about the American people, then they would make a deal with the president right now. They would not keep playing these games and just keep letting it go and go and go. I, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. And, and it's, you know, in the end, I've said this many times, and I'm going to say it again. Trump is the greatest negotiator, or at least one of them, of all time in business. Many people even said that before uh, he was president. Um, even the haters were saying that before he was president, that he was one of the greatest. So when you have him running the show, he knows politicians better than politicians know themselves. He's been playing this game forever. He's on offense. He's never going to cave, and the Democrats have no choice but to, but to make a deal with him if they want anything in their agenda passed. Because Trump will negotiate certain bipartisan deals. We've seen it, you know, but he's not going to do it if they keep acting like children. Um, Rabbi, your thoughts on this? Well, you know, the reason though Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, as with all Democrat leaders, the reason they couldn't be so oblivious and ignore uh, the will of many of the American people is because they have the media on our, on their side, no matter what yep. they do. Like, like yep. for example, you can have and a how hard, evolved social hard media and how evolved social media is because 
Think about back in the day. I mean, when Bush and Clinton and even part of Obama's years, social media wasn't making the huge, significant impact it is today. And now the liberals have that on their side as well, most of it. But go ahead, sorry. We all know about how Kamala Harris had her people go out and tell these unfortunate parents that uh, leave the office or we'll call the police. These are American citizens who lost their children because of an open border. Now, you know about it. All of the people here on the phone call know about it. Most Americans don't because they watch ABC, NBC, CBS, and I assure you that there's no headline at the top of the hour saying, Kamala Harris brings in police to throw out bereaved mother who lost child at the border. No, no way. And they know that. No matter what they do, no matter how soulless or or callous, the media will portray them as the compassionate people. And no matter how decent we are on the conservative side, the media will portray us as indecent, mean-spirited people. And so still most of the American people, they're not watching Fox. They're watching ABC or NBC or CBS and, and, and a host of other things. And as you say, the social media, these guys, they're not simply interested in making money. They're right. trying to impose liberalism and globalism over the whole country. All these very wealthy guys at Google and Facebook and, uh, and, and listen, this fellow from Amazon, Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post. So that's why – She can act so arrogantly, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer, so haughtily with such hubris because they're never going to be called to task because they have the media on their side. If they had an equal playing field where the media was neutral, believe me, uh, uh, they would would act uh, much more uh, decent, but they don't have to. And they've been getting away with it for 60 years. And you know uh, you have right? got and, and, yeah yeah it's real quick it, it's uh, it's interesting before somebody wanted to comment but it's interesting you bring up Bezos you know there there was a whole scandal that came out today that he was in an uh, involved with a ring with Amazon that gave employees unrestricted act- access to footage customers in their homes so you know it, it's just like Zuckerberg it's just like all these liberal elites that. I, I strongly believe a lot of these companies are involved with these Democrats in the government and doing a lot of this deep state corruption stuff and twisting the news, getting, you know, uh, well, the, changing the album. It's a fact. It's a fact. Yeah, it is. Um, Josh, go ahead. Well, actually, I think it was Dan that wanted to say something, but I got something to say after Dan. I, I got a little bit of a different question. Okay, I, I wanted to ask the rabbi. I, I wanted to ask the rabbi a question. Yeah. Um, the the your your comment about the, uh, the the mainstream news media recent report I saw the last few days that about ninety percent of all stories reported by the mainstream media on Donald Trump are negative. But let me let me see if I'm being Pollyannish, and you can help me. We have functionally, for the first two years of the Trump administration, have not effectively had an attorney general. We're about to have a vote on a man for the attorney general who has been the attorney general of the United States before. And I'm wondering, uh, the news that came out last night 
on the, the Cepheus Court, um, or excuse me, the uh, the FISA Court submission, right. where we we found out last night from the Hill dot com that uh, the principal leaders of both the Justice Department and the FBI were put on notice in August before the FISA warrants were applied for in September that these documents were unvetted and that they were opposition research paid for by the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton. And yet they chose not to present that information to the FISA court. And, and what I'm wondering is, Rabbi, is, is the indictment of James Comey by an independent uh, grand jury and other people, Brennan and other people that possibly could be indicted under a grand jury called by the new attorney general, can the mainstream media not report that? Well, and the if central they, question is, will William Barr, when he does become the, the new attorney general, will he do that? Will he bring these people to a grand jury for basically falsifying or presenting as accurate, but it was really false, this, this FISA application to the judges? Will he do it? I don't know. That's the $64,000 question. Right. You know, but my, said, uh, but but the, yeah. but the question going back to my question, will will the 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 shock of senior officials Brennan and Comey and other people who may be indicted by a grand jury? Because if you listen, if you listen to Brennan's testimony yesterday, when he was pressed, he always responded. That he would he would make sure that we were that the FBI and the Justice Department were complying with the rules that have been set down for behavior and activity. So he left himself a great deal of room to question whether or not these individuals acted under the rules of governance for the FBI and the Justice Department. My my question is, they the the press. The press has had unfettered access to destroy Donald Trump for two years. But if, in fact, the evidence comes out like it did last night and the new attorney general decides to bring an impound, uh, not impound, but put together a grand jury and they come back with indictments to these people, is that such a powerful story that the mainstream media cannot report it. Well, if they are indeed indicted, which would take a while, then the mainstream media would would have to report it. But you know, this story's been out for more than 24 hours already, and you don't see this mm-hmm. story on the headlines of the New York Times. You don't see this story where they could have a headline saying, Justice Department official reveals that FISA application was unlawfully presented to court. You haven't seen that from the New York Times. You don't see it in the Washington Post. 
it's been around right. for 24 and in a certain way 48 hours. So you haven't seen that. So until these people, number one, are brought to a grand jury, which I don't know if Bill Barr will do, and number two, until they would be indicted, the media will do nothing because the story is out there. The media presents the most innocuous, nothing accusations against <laughs> Trump as if they yeah. are something declarative from heaven, like as if God himself, Trump is <laughs> conspiring and colluding with the Russians and there's no proof. And yet here you have this, this is a fantastic story, and yet you don't yeah. see it in the media or hear it. So let's not hold our breath. The media is out to destroy him. They don't yeah. like us. They don't like the deplorables. They really are in cahoots with the with the deep state. They want to control the country. I know so many of these people. I lived in New York, and uh, yeah. I was the rabbi of some of these people. They're never going to change unless they're forced to. And if there's an indictment from a grand jury against big ones like Comey, etc., then they'll have to report it. But until that moment, nothing, nothing to e- to make it uh, easy. Uh, for Trump, and nothing that will put pressure on the Democrats. No way. Uh, Josh, go ahead, and then Rabbi, I'm going to ask you about the Middle East. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, Rabbi, to go in a little bit different of a direction, and I, I hope that <laughs> Dan and uh, Valerie and uh, and Roy will also have a response to what I'm about to ask you. You know, we were Valerie just brought up the idea of of um, Pelosi being a bad role model. And, and I was thinking, I was thinking about that. And, and as I thought, I couldn't think of anybody <laughs> off the top of my head, especially not politically, but really not at all of a role model that 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 young women have in any way, which way, politically in Hollywood at all. And it, it kind of got me thinking about the you know the big push of the women's movement and and everything and all the power that they seem to have yet they seem to have no good real role models and i I wondered if you could think of any or what you had to think about that oh yeah their mothers their mothers could be great role models my role models are my parents some of the people that i grew up with real people people that really sacrificed, lived by convictions. Although they wanted good in the world, they weren't consumed by ambition. Nobody needs some public political figure as a role model. First of all, none of them really are. Uh, Many of them are very consumed by their own ambition, and uh, they don't do things quite often based on conviction, but expediency, what will get them reelected. But role models, your parents, relatives, some of your teachers, the church, uh, some of the people that you've come uh, in contact with in life, you don't need it from politicians. Now, I happen to think, and I'm unique, I might write an article about this, but there are certain aspects of Donald Trump that I think are terrific role models. He seems to be a man that follows through on what he says. He also right. seems to be very loyal. He loves the country. You know that on September 11th, he went down personally, this very wealthy man. He yep. went down to try, try to save people down at ground zero. Very wealthy man. He didn't need to do that. He loves He's the country. I think that's a good role model. 
he, he follows through on his pledges. He's honest and forthright. He doesn't hide behind women's skirts. And he doesn't hide behind someone else's skirts. He's so forthright. I love those things. That reminds me of the, of the men that I grew up with. Listen, when I was a kid, the people, the older people in my life were born in the 1890s, 1880s. And part of being an American man was you said you talk straight. You said what was on your mind, and uh, you said it uh, with, with a certain sense of conviction, as opposed to some of these other people in politics, they lie all the time. So there's a lot of things about him, and he happens to also be very charitable on a quiet way. Uh, he's a sporty guy. So there's, there's a lot about him to like. And I will tell you one thing. Right. At this right. point in life, we all grow up. He's an excellent family yeah. man. All these things that he did, yeah. whatever, yeah. up to about 12 years ago, but yeah. it would never happen today. He would never you, do you, any you of can this always, stuff today. You can, you can always I have a comment a about part. that, um, yeah. Rory. Yeah, go ahead, Valerie. Um, I love what the rabbi just said, and I was thinking while you were speaking, Rabbi, you know, I think Nikki Haley is a fantastic role model. Um, because yes, she says I agree. she believes and she stands up for her principles. And if I was to pick a role model for girls and um, you know, women today, I think yep. that you know, she, she just resigned. So she has shown that she, she took the job because she had principles and convictions to stand up for, mm-hmm. for our country, for Israel, and for what she thinks is right. And then she left. She resigned because she did the job that she came there to do. She wasn't asked very clear when we see any leader in our in our country right now what their motivation is, just based on how they act and how they speak and what they do. And I think there are several really amazing leaders, um, but usually they don't stay for a long time because they, they have values. They, like you said, they want to go home and be with their families and raise their children. They have more to their um, life than their political ambitions. Exactly. Yeah, and, and I, I want to mention, and I think, I think this is important, that you can always you know, tell and, and base you know, uh, somebody off the way their kids are. And look how well-behaved and mm-hmm. professional and successful his kids grew up to be. I mean, you know, you can you can really tell a lot by that. I mean, it, it's just they're they're just such class acts, and you know they they're so well uh, put together, and, and they're they're like their father. Um, and I, I want, can tell you. Let me tell you one one story. Their mother. Yeah, don't forget ahead. about their mother. Let me just tell you one quick story. Um, uh, Donald Trump, many 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 years ago, maybe the 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, He was on 95, the New Jersey Turnpike. And um, this was before cell phones. And yeah. so he had a flat tire and happened to be, and, his, and he had, was driving a very nice car. It was the type of limousine. He had a driver. And uh, it wasn't far from Lakewood, New Jersey. And in those days, there were no cell phones. Anyway, so the car went to the side of the road, hoping someone would come by. And some fella came by. And um, uh, he happened to have been from a nearby big rabbinic seminary in Lakewood. And um, he helped Trump. He said, okay, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to contact police to come and to help you. 
didn't necessarily know who the fellow was because a lot of these guys, they don't even watch television or go to the movies. The police came, and, and Donald Trump's car was fixed. And off he went. But he found out who that fellow was. And so what did he do to that fellow? That fellow one day went to the bank. The bank said to him, oh, by the way, your mortgage has been paid. What? Yep. Yeah, uh, Mr. Trump from New York City, you helped him. He paid off your entire mortgage. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that story. And, th- and those are the kind of things that matter. I mean, that, that's the kind of heart he has, the heart of gold. And, um, you know, I want to I want to ask you, you know, you're, you're, you specialize with stuff with radical Islam in the Middle East. And obviously, you know, this is a big thing going on right now. Uh, Trump wanting to pull the troops from Syria. But we just saw uh, the other day that uh, four Americans uh, got killed over there, and uh, we're seeing more, you know, ISIS-related attacks, uh, more, uh, you know, craziness. But what? And and here's another thing that's just nuts: 245 million Christians are facing persecution in these Middle East, around these all these countries in the Middle East that are anti. Christianity. I mean, it, there there is huge numbers that are coming out, and it blows my mind. I mean, the way these people are, you know, they, they we all know what they believe. They don't care if they, you know, they, it's, it's like for instance, it was a suicide uh, a suicide bomber um, who who basically killed himself while killing all of these Americans. And we know what they believe. They go to they go to heaven, and you know, we, we all know we all know their beliefs. And it's just some crazy, ludicrous, out-of-this-world uh, new ideology. I mean, it's not new, but in the last you know, 10 to 15 years, uh, it really came more and more to light, you know, Islam and the dangers of it. I mean, it's crazy. What, what are your thoughts, Rabbi? Uh, about um, us leaving the area? Yeah, and, and I, I said on my show, you know, the thing is with this, is there's always a risk, you know, just when you think it's over, they have something planned up their sleeve to, to, to taunt us or to, you know, mess with us. And, and it's you never know, it's, over. It's, this, started, this started in the year 650 or so when the, the first group that they bamboozled and they fooled was uh, the Muslims fooled the Jews in the city of Medina. Medina actually is a Hebrew word. It means a state. And it was a, a Jewish city. And uh, he fooled them, Muhammad did. And uh, one night he came and he captured them and he, he killed them. He slaughtered them and took the women as slaves, raped them. And uh, they've done this ever since. So uh, remember, it was just a movement that started in a small little part of what is today Saudi Arabia and Medina. And then yeah. they've grown, they've taken over all of North Africa. North Africa was not Muslim. It was Roman, right. it was Greek. Uh, the Egyptians in the north were not Muslim. They were Egyptians. Yeah. And they took over yeah. all the countries like Lebanon. That was a Maronite country. They took over Syria, which was a Christian country, Antioch. They took over Iran, which was a Persian country, Afghanistan, Pakistan. These were, these were not Muslim countries. And all the other countries, Bulgaria. So this is what has been happening. It's it, it never dies because that's part of the religion. Listen, Judaism teaches about God or justice, and Christianity teaches about love, and Islam teaches about conquering land for its God, and that's their well, mission. Hey, hey, so 
It's always yeah, going to be, and, 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 but, but we shouldn't get craziest, involved with it all the time. And the craziest part of all of it is that we have, for instance, the FBI arrested a guy the other day that was about to blow up the White House, and he was involved with terrorist ties. I mean, these kind of people are in our country, and Democrats are saying we don't need a wall. We don't need border security. No, it's we absolutely do. We do need a wall. The, the jihadists are coming through, but Islam, according to certain things that I've read, and I believe them, over the centuries, they've killed over 240 million people. And that's what's happening in Africa, too, especially to these black Christians in Africa. They're being destroyed. Uh, I can assure you that if um, evangelical Christians from Africa uh, wanted to come to America, I don't know that Nancy Pelosi would be welcoming them with open arms because they would probably all vote Republican. She yeah. likes certain constituencies that she knows will vote right. uh, Democrat. But all these people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and they talk about morality – They've stood by all these years, all these years, where there's been a genocide against the black uh, Christians throughout Africa and the Coptics yes. in Egypt and the Maronites in Lebanon. All has happened through the hands of Islam. They've said nothing. Where's their compassion? Where's their morality? Very selective. Very, very well said. Um, you know, and, and you're, you're absolutely right. And, and you, you know, I've I got to let you go here in a second, but um, – let me ask you this. Me, Are you in favor before of you ask me, Let me just tell you, before you ask me, before you tell me, during yeah. the Obama years, when you had all this problem in Syria and all these problems yeah. in Africa, 99% of the people from those areas that he brought in from the Middle East were Muslim. Only 1% or 2% were Christian. The Christians were the ones that were being killed, genocide. But Obama brought in like, basically 97, 98% Muslim, and he disregarded the suffering, the oppression, the true victims. The true victims were Christians because they were being killed. They weren't simply dislocated by a civil war. They were being killed. There's no compassion for the wrong type of potential voter. Right. The only compassion for the for the right type of voter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but your your thoughts ultimately regarding pulling out of Syria, what are your deepest fears of Trump making that decision? I, have, I, I, I hope we do pull out. We have today, because we pull out soldiers on the ground doesn't I mean agree. we don't have a presence. We have these great ships, Tomahawk missiles, cruise missiles. They're... they're Radar guided. They have sensors uh, and, and uh, heat seeking uh, sensors, and they they can do very well. These tomahawks and the cruise missiles. I don't want any yeah. more American boys and girls losing their lives, and I don't want any yeah, more American parents crying forever based on these Muslim right. wars between the Shiites and the Sunnis and the Sunnis and the Shiites and this group and that group. Uh, this yeah. enough already. We've been doing this since 1990 with the right. first George Bush. It's basically bankrupting the country, and it's not for us to shed the blood of our children in behalf of all of these Islamic wars. As far as Israel, yeah, not, Israel has always said it can take care of itself, and I'll tell you one thing. There's going to be a war in that region, and I don't want there yeah, to be American we, soldiers there because right, what's going to happen when you're in war – yes, go on. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We can't be the world police. You're absolutely right. We I don't want it there anyone. because what's going to happen is – 
Um, there'll be some collateral damage when Israel has to do some shooting and fighting, and there might be collateral damage, and it could maybe deflect onto some of our American soldiers. And who needs it? Let's get out. It's enough. We've paid dearly, and uh, we should support Israel diplomatically. If Israel has to go into Syria to protect itself and to fight Iran and to fight Hezbollah, then we should be behind Israel 100%. Israel doesn't ask that we send our soldiers on their behalf. I Absolutely. agree with you, Rabbi. I want, uh, and also, yeah, I we want to go to legislatively by finally saying that the Golan Heights belong to Israel. That would be a tremendous yes. help with what you're I saying agree. with regard to the upcoming war in, in the north. Exactly. Josh, go ahead. Bingo. Josh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I think I think we have a you know as as our presence in the Middle East, I think we have an opportunity to you know if we pull out, I think it's it's kind of it's it's such a we're in a, such a difficult situation with being there already that if we pull out, we risk another situation like what happened when Obama pulled all the troops out and all of a sudden ISIS showed up. I, I like what you're saying about the idea of we, you know, we don't want any collateral damage, but do you see any, any way of if we, if we leave, there would be a worse situation than if we stayed? There, there might be a rejuvenation to a degree with ISIS, although there have to be other countries there that have to fight ISIS. We can't keep fighting for everybody. But, you know, in the old days, they said, well, we have to stop ISIS over there or else ISIS will come here. But I really think that's a cop-out. The way to stop ISIS from coming here is to put up a border at your walls, to have people that vet any possible immigrant. And if there's any connection to uh, Shariaism or to jihadism, they don't come in to do a real vetting, not vetting that was done like in Obama. It was all perfunctory. It was all superficial. He wanted everybody to come in from the Middle East. That's where his sympathy lied. The answer to protecting America is not necessarily by getting rid of ISIS there, but by having the stomach, the fortitude, the courage to say, you know, we're going to protect our borders here. And if that means that we've got to, as we should, check these people, and if there's any slight background of jihadism or extreme Shariaism, they don't come into the country. It's instead of spending, and I'll conclude with this, instead of spending, you know, $300 billion over there to, to fight ISIS so that they don't come here, better to have yep. some guts and courage to be able to withstand someone calling you an Islamophobe when what you do is the job of vetting people to make sure that nobody comes here who has any ISIS background or jihadist background. So with the politicians, they haven't had the guts. They don't want to be called an Islamophobe, so they're spending billions of dollars in American blood over there. Yeah. Um, they should be protecting our borders very here. Very well said. I want to get the final question. Uh, Dan Perkins, I, I know you have a question. Go ahead. I, I wanted uh, to, I want to do things two things uh, rapidly. Josh, to your question, role model, not necessarily the perfect role model, but the role model right now, the person that has the greatest role model appeal in the Democratic Party is Michelle Obama. 
Oh God, come on! I hate that. I hate when I hear. Oh God, Michael. The, the oh God. I, I, so I don't care whether you're grossed out or not. I'm dealing with the, with the ratings and, right, and look, the way she draws. Right. Number two, right. number two, do not, do not presume that the death of those American soldiers is not on the front of President Trump's mind. And there are people who are going to pay a very high price for the loss of those four American soldiers. They don't, they're not going to see that tomahawk missile when it's coming, but it's going to come and it's going to take care of a lot more than just four people. So right. we're going to retaliate and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do some things. You may not hear about them, but believe me, Mr. Trump is not going to forget those four men. That's right. phenomenal oh, right. because that's been going on for decades, and nobody, yep. none of our leaders have ever stood up for the victims of of, um, of terrorism that were Americans or of those who have been victims over there as from terrorism. And, and, you know, I think Trump's the first guy for decades that is willing to do that, and he gets major, major kudos for that. Right. Yeah, we're very lucky to have him. Well, it's been my pleasure. I have to go now, but uh, yeah, thank, thank, we'll do this thank again, you. right? And, uh, thank you, Rabbi. Really been, it's really been great, Rabbi, having you here. And uh, I know we have Pamela Adams and Maria on the line. Maria or Pamela, do you have any questions for Rabbi before he goes? Uh, no, but I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to him and uh, hope to hear more conversations from him in the future. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hi. Good night, everybody. Bye. All right, thanks, thanks, Rabbi. We'll have you back on again soon. Where can people find you? Uh, You can do www.caucusforamerica.com or just uh, Rabbi Spiro at yahoo.com. That's my. You can get. And explain to everybody what Caucus for America is for the people that don't know. We try to preserve the historic unique American civilization. America has a civilization, and it's, of course, under assault from the left. And we have to preserve it. It's a heritage. We want to pass it on to our children because it embodies freedom and prosperity and and, and a good life, uh, a moral life. And so we want to preserve it. First, the people have to know that there is such a thing as an American civilization. Bye-bye, everybody. Shalom. Thank you, Rabbi. You've been great. Have a great night. Take care. Uh, We're going to go to a 30-second commercial break, and then we'll be right back with our next guest. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Do you ever have an app idea you want built, but you don't know who to contact, or you don't have the funds to pay a big app company? I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. We do all our work here in the USA, and we have employees all across the nation. Give us a call today for your free consultation. We are looking forward to hearing from you. God bless. Cheers. All right, we are back. I do do want to introduce our next next guest, Uh, very popular guy, hedge fund manager, venture capitalist, entrepreneur, economist, and public speaker, Joel Block. Are you with us, sir? Hey, Rory. How are you, man? 
Oh, man, I'm doing well. It's great to have you here. It's an honor. Uh, it's been a few months since you've been on the show. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about uh, economic-wise. But, Joel, for the people, since you haven't been here, back, you haven't been on the show in a while, uh, for the people that don't know, please tell a little bit about your background. Well, listen, I've been, I've been in the uh, venture capital and hedge fund business for most of my career. I uh, built a, a technology product in the early 1990s, actually a new media product, which I uh, raised a lot of money for and ended up selling to a Fortune 500, and then I've just bought and sold companies ever since. So uh, I've been around the block. I, you know, I, I, I kind of deal with some, some heavy-duty guys, and I try to stay on the razor's edge of, not technology stuff, but financial stuff. And so there's a lot of new financial products, a lot of new financial ideas that are putting out. There's some new tax uh, activities uh, that most CPAs and attorneys don't even know about yet because they're just being, uh, you know, understood. And and then I take those ideas and, and I speak. I keynote uh, to audiences in New York, Silicon Valley, and other places and help uh, executives and companies around the country to understand some of these concepts. So it's... Um, Listen, I, I take what I know and I share it with others, like you. Yeah, and you know, you you've done very well in your career. You you tell everybody you've you've worked on Wall Street. You worked with some of the biggest five Fortune 500 companies. I mean, you've done a lot of that. Uh, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and you know, just just your background and in, in finance and uh, you know different things, and you know. You know the economy at at the point it is right now. Are you, you know, under the are you do you have the mindset like I do? Like this is perhaps the best economy uh, since uh, we since we can remember. I mean, it's I, I, maybe of all time. I mean, the the lowest unemployment rate for African Americans, Hispanics, Asians, and females. I think unemployment rate now overall is down at 3.7%. Um, and we have obviously all these companies coming back and doing business in the USA and even building factories here for the first time. And all our trade deals, especially with China. I mean, it looks like Trump is going to win this one. Uh, what are your thoughts on this and just the whole GDP and, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera? You know, it's interesting listening to you, uh, you know, talk about these things. I, I think that we have a wonderful economy. I mean, I think we're doing very well. I don't think the stock market entirely reflects uh, how well we're doing. But, you know, the stock market right. is somewhat of a, of a predictor, you know, some number of months out. Uh, I, I am a little concerned that we're softening up a little bit, but I think the fundamentals are very strong for many reasons. Uh, first, mm -hmm. the business, the fundamental business model of many companies has changed. I don't know about you, but, you know, 10 years ago, I didn't have a single, not even a single uh, company hit my credit card on a regular basis. The only way they would hit my credit card is when I walked into the store and said, I want to buy this, and then they would hit my credit card. Now I've got about 20, 30, maybe 40 things that hit my credit card every single month automatically on a subscription basis, Netflix, Hulu, uh, Internet yep. this, Internet that, magazines, books, subscriptions, uh, you know. I mean, we've, got, we've all got these things, and that business model, the reason that they're doing it is because Wall Street likes it. They don't, they don't just do it because it's more convenient. They, they do it because Wall Street likes the predictability of the revenue, and, and it works for them. And the multipliers 
uh, are much higher on subscription revenue than it is on traditional regular revenue. So, you know, all the way around, the fundamentals are very good. Uh, we're bringing in uh, a lot of dollars uh, to the United States. The tax uh, rules have brought jobs back to the United States, and that's accounting for the unemployment uh, going down and being so low. But, you know, the Wall Street still looks at growth of companies, and the growth markets are outside the United States. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of complex things. We can't be so insular that we only look at the United States because uh, we're a very integrated world and we have to continue to grow and our companies have to uh, continue to do business with people outside of our country. Yeah, very well said. And, uh, you know, Dan Perkins, you know, you've worked with, you know, many big companies and on Wall Street and then done, dealt with a lot of startups and investments. Uh, I know you have some questions. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask our guest, um, I, I agree with you that there is a, a disconnect between the major market indexes and the reality that what's going on in the economy. But I would like to propose to you a rationale for why that's happening. Um, if we go look back to the 2016 election, the amount of money that Wall Street gave to support the Hillary campaign Dwarfs is not a good enough term to compare the amount of money that Wall Street gave to Donald Trump. When, when Donald Trump was elected president, many of the wirehouse executives were very negative and were never Trumpers. And so I wonder, uh, as a result of the midterm election, that the leadership in Wall Street is purposely talking down the market and ignoring the economy. You know, I, I don't know that um, that they're doing it on purpose. It's probably happening, and that's that's an interesting uh, philosophy because when Trump became president, the market took off. I mean, it, it, it just took off, and and it, it jumped uh, probably uh, thirty per, close to thirty percent. Uh, now it stands to, What's yeah, that? But I, I, I apologize for interrupting you, but go back to what I was saying. What were the leaders on Wall Street saying before the election about what would happen to the markets if Donald Trump were to win? They didn't predict a 30% increase in the market. In fact, they thought yeah. it was going to go. It was, the market was going to crash again. But the market, but the market. But here's the, here's the thing: the market. Uh, they liked his uh, deregulation approach. They like his free market approach. They like his uh, the way he thinks about capital. And so the market took off, and there was a certain amount of bullishness because they believed that he was a pro-business uh, president. So it stands to reason that when the Democrats take back the House uh, in these midterm elections, that there would be some pullback. That really does make sense. I think there's a correlation, and you're accurate about that. I don't think they're doing it on purpose because I don't think anybody benefits. Now, the, the Democrats may be yelling about it. That's true. But I don't think the people that actually make their money in the market – would do this on purpose. I, I think that, uh, you know, politics is one thing. Talk is cheap. The people who make their money this way, they're not playing the game, and I don't think that they're, uh, that they're manipulating the markets uh, negatively uh, because that does not benefit them at all. Well, I think that, that we, we we're seeing 
fourth quarter revenue and earnings, and we're seeing some of the big banks uh, um, are missing either on the top line or the bottom line. A uh, couple, couple Goldman came out and they, they were they were very successful. But what's happening if you look at the earnings for the fourth quarter? What you see in the re- earnings reports is that revenue from all sources, both institutional and retail, are down, and that's why they they missed their numbers. The, the the correction that took place in the fourth quarter was just devastating, and, and especially in in the month of December. But but there was there was as a friend of mine who's been in the business not quite as long as I've been in the business said to me, "What really happened between on thanks from Thanksgiving Day to the first of December that warranted the sell off in the market? Economic numbers weren't there." I grant you that the that the stock market is is perceived to be a leading indicator of activity right. six months down the road, but I I I think that the that what's going on here, uh, and I agree with Roy's observation, I think that we're about to see a, a, a total realignment of global trade. I believe that the Chinese are going to come to the table and going to give Mr. Trump. Great concessions that no other president had ever achieved or even tried to achieve uh, in the discussions with China. So you got Europe, you've got Mexico, Canada, Japan, South Korea, and China all making concessions on trade. I think you, you're creating a picture for an even more robust economy in the United States. You know, I listen. Uh, I, I'm always hopeful that the economy is going to stay strong. Uh, it's been strong for 10 years. Uh, I, I'm noticing that. You know, listen, interest rates are creeping up a little bit. There's, uh, you know, there's a handful of other uh, activities that are uh, slightly negative. But you know, you could be very right. Uh, I never underestimate this president. This this guy just seems to be able to pull a rabbit out of his hat uh, in in ways that we just can't really predict. I mean, he's a very unusual person in this way. A miracle worker. I mean, this guy is something so profound and something so – he's not just an ordinary, everyday human. I mean, this guy is something beyond special. I mean, this goes into – you know, I, 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 I even get religious with this sometimes, but it, it's magical. I mean, it, it's, it's, quite, it's quite something. Let's just say that. You know, I, I, I'll tell you what. I, I think that he just uh, – he's very intelligent – uh, the only times in my life that I've ever, you know, been beaten at something is when I let my guard down. And all these people that go around laughing at the president, making a joke out of him, uh, you know, they're letting their guard down and they're they're getting ready for a surprise. He really, he's he's a smart guy. He looks at the chessboard ten moves in advance, and he's thinking about things that other people are not thinking about. How many people thought that he'd pull this Pelosi trick today, and uh, and you know, and give her back a little bit of her uh, just dessert? What you know, who's thinking about that? Right. And, and like I've always said, Joel, he really is a hundred steps ahead of, of all these politicians, and he knows how to play the game. He's, he knows politicians better than they know themselves. I mean, he's been around them for 30, 40 years, and uh, so he, he knows the game. He knows the system. Um, Dan, uh, w- did, you have, did you have another question? I'm just curious of what, you, what do you think 
uh, if you look at the S&P today, do you think the S&P will be higher at the end of the year or lower at the end of the year? You know, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not a predictor of these kind of things. I, I'm always uh, on the on the optimistic and bullish side of the coin. So if I had to guess, I would guess that it's going north. But you know, my crystal ball it doesn't work any better than anybody else's. Let let me, Joel. Let me ask you this, and I think this is a question that is in everybody's mind. How do you predict the outcome will be with the China uh, trade situation? What, what, what are your thoughts? Okay. I know you look at this stuff very, very thoroughly. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I think. I think that this is one of the most brilliant things that I've ever seen uh, anybody ever do, what the president did with this. You know, he's a very strong negotiator. And in the private sector, he negotiates with what he has. So he takes a look at the public sector and he says, gee, you know, I don't have all the tools in my bag that I need. I need a new tool. Let's see what it is. So he invents this new uh, tariff routine, and he assesses these tariffs on all these different countries. He instantly, just, just by doing that, he instantly brings to the table the, the Canadians, the, the Mexicans, uh, to renegotiate NAFTA. The, the Chinese are all bent out of shape. Now, they're not so bent out of shape that they're going to take us down because we own half, you know, half the debt that, uh, that's ours. They own it. So they're not going to do too much damage, that's for sure. But I'll tell you what, he out of thin air created all these tariffs, and he now is going to let release over time uh, when he gets what he wants. So I would say that he is going to be very effective because these tariffs have done a good job. And, you know, the fact that people will say, well, but some people got hurt in the process. You know, for the good of the whole country, a few people got, yeah. got, a, pretty free, got a pretty good ride for a while, and, and, and right. they got you know, to they they give some back. Right, and let's face let let's face it. Let let's face the facts here. That you know, you have to hold these countries accountable because for the longest time, they have taken advantage. They have completely um, disrespected us in so many different aspects, uh, economic wise. And it you have to eventually, at some point, say this isn't going to happen anymore. And yes, you know, there's going to be some businesses that hurt, but the long-term solution is, is huge. I mean, the, long, the long-term uh, is what matters, and, it, and it's effective because, you know, China is suffering right now because they need us more than we need them. And I've been saying this for so long. These countries, you know, make so much money off of us more than any other. They, the they make more money off the U.S. than anywhere else. And when you have the best negotiator in business as the president, uh, China is not going to be able to, uh, you know, uh, cross Trump. Trump, Trump is only going to go for a good deal. So I just see, see this as a win-win. I, they, I just feel so comfortable. I mean, every day you wake up and Trump's delivering on a new promise, and uh, it feels like Christmas every day. Like, I, you know, it really does. Like, it, it's one of those things that – um, it's amazing. I mean, and we have, look at all the numbers, like the, you know, with what he's done with uh, record low veteran unemployment. I mean, there's, um, like I said earlier, all the, all the lowest black unemployment, lowest Hispanic, lowest female unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment in history. Uh, just these numbers are unbelievable of what he's doing. And within two years, 
and I, and I say on the show all the time, he's fulfilled over 70% of his agenda within two years to his supporters. Most presidents don't even fulfill 10% after their eight years. Uh, you know, it, it, you know it's tell you, mind-blowing. I'll tell you something else, that's, something else that's amazing is he's had a lot of turnover in staff. He's had a, just, There's just, you know, all the uh, conflicts, all the noise in the media that, that we hear. Uh, it's amazing the guy gets anything done. It, it really, it really is amazing. I, I, I'm very surprised by many of the things that he's done and that you're mentioning. Uh, I, you know, listen, we have to recognize a couple things. Number one, he doesn't do everything by himself. You know, he right. may he may direct a lot of things. So we got to give credit to a lot of people. The second thing is, yeah. uh, you know, it's not Christmas because he uh, he's not a gentleman. He does a lot of things that are mean-spirited, and he just is not uh, a nice person in, in a lot of ways. Now, I heard the wait, previous guest. Wait, wait, and, and I, I, Joe, what do you mean? Joe, what do you mean by that? Please elaborate. What do I mean? I, I mean, I mean, I think that a lot of the things that he tweets and he says, uh, you know, I, I just think are just they're just not becoming of a United States president. I like a lot of the output that he's putting out, but I just wish he was more genuinely in his in his approach. Like more, more, um, not you know, just have more of a filter on him. You mean when he's talking? Yeah, yeah. Listen, more of a filter. Get the job. You know, you see, you can get the job done, but you don't have to be as uh, as as abrasive and, and, and mean spirited as he is sometimes. Uh, you know, I I don't think so. Unless, listen, maybe that world is so complicated, I can't relate to what it is. But you know, to me, uh, you know, he just. Um, he crosses the line a little bit, but you know, listen. I, I love the work he's doing. I love the way he's changed the economy, the landscape of America. I think that he's yeah. a, uh, you know, a, a principled person. I don't believe yeah. he's a racist. I, I think that he he wants all people no to be successful. Because let me tell you something. Yep. It does not do anybody any good for any group of people to be down in the United States of America. You know, it costs right. us money to have people be down. It does. It, it's not in our interest for anybody right. to be down now. They're not everybody agrees with that. You know, they all think that they're all being kept down. But the truth is, they're down yeah. for a different reason, not because we're keeping them down. They're they're down for something else. So, but you know, that, that's all. That's my opinion. And Joe, Joel, I know I know people have questions for you, but he, he, I, I want to switch gears real quick. And everybody wants to hear this topic. You know, and you've talked about this before, Joel. Democrats are introducing a bill that will permanently give the fifteen dollar minimum wage, uh, the, the permanent $15 minimum wage to workers that work at like McDonald's and these fast food places. But Democrats, what they don't understand is a lot of these places are either hiring less employees or they're going robotic because no CEO wants to hire a bunch of employees to, unless they can afford it, unless they, you know, it's for a good price because what's, What's every business owner's objective? To be successful and profit as much as possible, but be fair at the same time. But this $15 minimum wage thing, all it's going to do is like it's already starting to do. There's already robotic systems that are doing checkouts at some fast food places and grocery stores and stuff like that just because of this, these threats from the Democrats of the raising the minimum yeah. wage. What are your thoughts on that? Let me – let me let me let me explain this in, in a little bit more user friendly language. You know, here here's the thing: is that um, you can't. There's certain things you can't legislate. You know, you, they could legislate the gravity is things are going to fall up, 
and, and it does still doesn't work. I don't care how you legislate, it doesn't work. Right. So here's the deal, right. is that uh, you can legislate a $15 an hour minimum wage, and that's just fine. But here's what happens, is that, uh, you know, companies, especially larger companies, smaller companies don't have as much choice. Although smaller restaurants, they are cutting shifts. They are uh, trying to go in different directions, and, and some of them are closing because it's not working. Or they're recapturing their tips. There, there are many things that they're doing. But here's the bottom line, is for a larger company, they look and they say at $8 an hour, it's not uh, cost-effective to get a robot because they got all these financial people that, that figure out and they do break even. But at $15 an hour, it does make sense to start buying robots. Now, what they do is they... Uh, they invest, uh, let's say, uh, $100 million, and then they pay interest on the $100 million that they had to invest. But over time, it's cheaper to have the robot doing the work at, uh, you know, what turns out to be 4 5 6 $7 an hour than it is to have a person doing it, uh, a person who may be uh, irresponsible, that may show up late, that may whatever. And there are certain jobs that are going to go away forever and, and basically, the Democrats, by uh, pushing these, uh, these these agendas, are going to accelerate our moves toward artificial intelligence, robotics, and some of these other things. We live in a remarkable time, and, and employers have alternatives. Business owners have alternatives. You know, when one state uh, makes laws that are, that are uh, just abusive, companies move to other states. Uh, you know, companies, just like legislators have choices, companies have choices. And a lot yeah. of times these legislators, they make very short-term uh, suggestions, but you've got to think about something. And the reason is that they're not in office yeah. for 30 years. Well, some of them are, but they, they, they yeah. get elected for a cycle, and, and the people get excited about what they do, and they don't yeah. stick around for the long term. And the long term is yeah. bad when they, when they make these kinds of decisions. Right. I, I do want to keep you on uh, for uh, another couple of minutes. Um, I do, I do want to welcome my next guest, though, because this next topic he's definitely going to want to uh, be involved with. Um, attorney, lobbyist, Democratic state senator in Louisiana, and author of the new book, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World Order, John Milkovich. How are you, sir? Hey, Rory. You've got a great show, and you've got some really smart folks talking with you tonight. I'm listening closely to the conversation, some, some interesting points being made. Well, it's great to have you here. Um, and before I get into the next topic, um, Josh, let's go to you real quick. You, you, what are your thoughts, buddy? You know, in regards to the $15 minimum wage, I mean, here's the deal. You can make, first off, the idea of a minimum wage at all is, is counterproductive to a free economy. It just sets, it just sets uh, you know, floors for pricing that aren't always helpful. It may be helpful in the short term, but in the long term, it just stagnates certain parts of the economy. But past that, if you create a new floor for minimum wage, uh, you know, and, and the, hopefully the guests will agree with me or maybe I'll have something to push back on. But if you create a new floor, if you put a $15 minimum wage on, products that are, that are more, most normally bought by uh, those people will rise as well as the price of the product that the people that are getting paid $15 an hour to produce is going to rise. So the, the net consumer, which the government and the Democrats are claiming to help, actually gets no 
benefit at all from it. They actually get a, a net loss from the raising of the minimum wage. Joe, your response? Well, it's, it's well known. He's right. It's true. I mean, yes. the, the bottom line is that it's, it's the people at the bottom that are always hurt. And, right. and, and there's, there's, there's really not a lot, lot to argue about that, that uh, yes. 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 raising the minimum wage is inflationary. Inflation hurts right. the people at the bottom the most. I mean, listen, if there's a lot of inflation, uh, in a funny way, a guy like me in the hedge fund business, I make money from that because real estate prices start to rise. You know, rents, I mean, rents start to rise. Everything starts to rise. And, and a lot yeah. of my costs, like my interest rate costs, are fixed. So in a funny way, uh, you know, that, that works for me. But people at the bottom, all their costs start going higher. Everything starts going up, and it just ends up being a mess. And, and, and so you, the guy's right. Yeah, um, let, let's go to Valerie. Valerie, your thoughts. I was just going to say that um, I'm going to need to sign off right now, and I, I think that you've got a lot of amazing guests on, right, and uh, and I, I would just have – I've got a couple things i got to do, and I want to um, just listen um, to what you yeah, have to absolutely. say about the economy. Yeah. I've lost a lot of money in the last couple of months, and I'm hoping – it sounds to me like it's going to be on its way back up, so hopefully – I'll end up better in the next couple months, but um, but. And Valerie, so tell everybody where they can find you and promote yourself before you go. Uh, thank you. Um, I have a security company called SkywaySecurity.com. You can find uh, us, and uh, um, you can read all about what we can do to help you out. Excellent. And your book? So much. Um, my book is um, Backyard Jihad. Uh, you can find that on backyardjihad.com and on, on Amazon as well. Excellent. All right, Thank Valerie, you. always a pleasure. We'll talk okay. to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, Dan, I know you have thoughts on this, that, you know, this whole robotic $15 minimum wage thing. You've written about this before. Your, 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 your whole insight on this. Well, you're right. I have written on this. Um, the the – um, it's never a good idea to have the government in business, much less no. having the government dictate how dictate how business should operate. Uh, it seems to me that the the again, as we had with the rabbi, uh, the the Democrats want to change the social order of things, and so they 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 want to get to a $15 minimum wage because they think that will get them more votes. But from mm-hmm. a practical standpoint, I'm not sure that, that $15 an hour is a living wage, uh, at least in, in – and as costs are going to rise dramatically, as the Democrats um, – as they eventually will again take over power, the cost of things are going to rise. We're going to have inflation. We – if you saw the numbers uh, last uh, Friday um, or this Monday, uh, the CPI was down one tenth of was negative one tenth of one percent. Um, so we don't have inflation. Uh, in fact, we, we have modest deflation, which would put the Fed on hold for a while. Powell has already mm-hmm. indicated that perhaps they're going to be a little slower with their raising of interest rates. Uh, but but I I, I think. 
if you if you understand that that Donald Trump is the the first legitimate true successful businessman to be president of the United States since probably George Washington uh it is it is his accumulated that he's accumulated in running businesses and building businesses for all of his life. I said in a, in a commentary that Donald Trump was the most perfect man to sit down with, with Kim from North Korea and have a summit discussion because Donald Trump is the president of the United States. He's the chief executive officer of the United States, and he's been training for the job of president for 50 years by running businesses in the private sector. Uh, We've had politicians who have no clue uh, about how to run a business and how to write a paycheck or have ever written a paycheck or ever earned a paycheck. Um, So that what drives him to do what he wants to do is the fact that uh, he is a product of his own success. What he has achieved is what's made him. And and I, I just think that that we're, we, we've got to let the man continue because he's done great things in a very short period of time. And six yeah. more years of Donald Trump will be devastating on the Democrats, but it will be a great <laughs> thing for the American economy. Liberal tears, baby. Got to love it. Got to love it. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, it's just going to keep happening. I, I do want to, um, you know, get on something that's really uh, caught my mind and, and really got me excited today, and I'm praying that it passes. The Senate, you know, and, and imagine the, the savior this would be on taxpayers, and I want to get everybody's opinion, and I want to start with you, Doc, uh, John Milkovich, uh, Senator. Um, but uh, the, 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 the U.S. Senate – uh, is putting together a legislation that will block taxpayers from funding abortions. I say it's about time. I say the time is now. This is long overdue. If somebody wants to get an abortion, that's on them. That is not taxpayer responsibility. And people need to understand that. People need to understand that you know, th- this is uh, an issue where why should we be in control of somebody else's body? You know, they always say they want to be in charge of their own bodies, these feminists and, you know, the- these, gr- these women's groups, but they want other people to pay for it. It just kind of contradicts the whole situation. But what are your thoughts, John? Well, uh, thank you, Rory, and, and again, your your. Uh... Your panel is uh, very making some very interesting observations. Hey, from my perspective, abortion equals murder, killing yep. a baby. Yep. And just because the uh, murder, the termination of life happens some period of time before birth, doesn't change the fact. In my view, and I believe in God's eyes, abortion is murder. So, uh, number one, it ought to be illegal. Number two, hopefully with the Supreme Court appointments, we're moving uh, towards a, a place in modern American history where the Supreme Court will bow up, cowboy up, 
get some uh, get some backbone and say there is no constitutional right to kill babies. It's nowhere in the Constitution. The Constitution does not say that uh, women have a right to kill their own children. The Constitution does not say that states have no right to prohibit abortion in the interest of protecting their own citizens. And nowhere does the United States Constitution say that children have no right to live, to life, liberty, and the, process, and the pursuit of happiness. So uh, praise God. Number one, uh, abortion should not be subsidized. Number two, it needs to be stopped. It's a curse on America. Yeah. My view. Yeah, and let and let's look at you know let's let, let's look at it you know and I, from so many different standpoints. I mean, I'm pro-life, always have been. You know, I was born and raised Catholic. I uh, went to Catholic school. Uh, Good. You know, I, I, Good. I, and and you know, conservative, conservative. So you know, the whole pro-life thing means a lot to me. But it really bothers me when taxpayers are paying for something that they don't align with, they don't believe in. Like, why are we supposed to be responsible for some female that wants to go kill a baby, you know? And, and we're talking even a couple weeks before it's supposed to be born. I mean, we're talking some crazy That's outrageous. Women, the, the ways women get abortion. I mean, sometimes in certain states, there's no limit on the time frame, which is scary as hell. Uh, it's, you're absolutely right, uh, Rory. I know in Louisiana we are very fortunate to pass a number of pro And you're a measures, senator down there. You know all about this stuff. Sure. We, uh, in Louisiana this year, we, we passed a bill which prohibits abortions uh, after uh, the baby, um, after 15 weeks post-inception. Uh, but ultimately, Louisiana has on its on the books a state statute which – illegalizes, uh, prohibits, bans abortion at any time, period. Uh, that's been on hold under Roe v. Wade. But listen, uh, President uh, Trump has done what he said he would do. Once again, I think yeah. one of your panelists said earlier tonight that he's, uh, um, and I guess everyone is saying it in a different way, but if this president is fulfilling his promises. He's doing what he said he would do, yep. and that was yep. to appoint justices that believe babies are humans too, and babies yep. have an inalienable right under our Constitution and ultimately from God to not be sacrificed. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and, and, and a lot of people have thoughts, but uh, Joel, I, I, knew, I know you have to run here shortly. But Joel, uh, you know, I know your your expertise is in economics, and I know you want to usually stay in the economics lane. But from from an and I'm pretty sure you're pro life. Is that fair to say you're pro life? You're a conservative, right? You're pro life. No, uh, you know what? I, I I don't line up with that at all. No, no. Let me put, let me tell you this. I'm a fiscal conservative, social moderate. I I don't I don't okay. line up with this stuff at all. Okay. What about from a taxpayer standpoint? What's your thoughts on that, though, as a financial guy? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something. This, this is a, you know, this is an interesting question because there's an awful lot of things in this country that we do that I don't agree with, and my money goes to those things whether I like it or not. And, and you know, I look at this as a society, and as a society, there are things that uh, 
that we're doing that are, are probably, you know, not exactly the direction I'd like to go, but I think that the president's straightening a lot of these things out. I do like a lot of the direction that he's bringing to us, um, but I don't want to go too far to the right. I mean, I kind of want to stay a little bit, a little bit to the right, not too much uh, to the right. That's that's kind of how I see it. Right. Absolutely, and and that's totally fair to say. You know, you're like a you know a JFK, like a Joe Lieberman. You know, you're you're like I'll, in the well, modern. I'll, I'll tell you something. If, if I truthfully. Uh, I really, I'm really more of a libertarian, you know. I don't really care what other people do. And let me, I, I think that you know the whole. Uh, I, I have great respect for religious people. I think religious people uh, live with conviction and and they do what they are, they say they're going to do. Uh, and and I yeah. don't want to get in your way, but right, I don't want you getting in my way either. So you know, I'm okay with you know. I don't understand a lot of things that people do, but it's not for right. me to say that they can or cannot do that. And that's really more the way that I look at it. And I think that as a society, that's a better attitude than one group of people telling the other group of people that their way is right and some other way is not right. Uh, You know, and, you know, listen, I respect what you learned growing up. Uh, It's not exactly what I learned growing up. But the best way for us to get along together as a society is for me to respect you, you respect me, and let everybody do what's right. And and, and in that respect, the government then provides, uh, you know, financing for some things. We need to educate people to be responsible and take care of themselves. But do you think that it's a good idea for the society to, to force a woman to do what she doesn't want to do? I mean, really, do you, do you think that it's a good idea to force her to have a baby she doesn't want to have and think about what might happen to that baby later on? I mean, that's the, well, that's the I, downside I, to, to the, this I, argument. Somebody has, a, somebody has a comment. Go ahead. Well, this is John Milkovich, and, and I understand the premise that um, there is a libertarian element uh, in, in the biblical mindset. God gives us freedom, and also under the United States Constitution where we have uh, a freedom uh, and, and the right to pursue uh, life, liberty, and happiness. But uh, to me, it's selfish to say – we adults have a right to do what we want, untrammeled and, and without restraint and without uh, negative uh, imposition of penalties. If we're an adult, but if we're a baby, we have no rights and we can be murdered. Are we saying that the only people that have rights are people that are um, people that have survived uh, pregnancy? Or are we saying that people have rights to live and pursue happiness if they are old enough to and have the resources to hire a lawyer? Are we saying that Cubans have a right to live and exist and pursue life if they're over 20 years old? Are we saying that humans have a right to pursue uh, their, their dreams if, if they have a certain economic status? Or are we saying all humans are? And I'm, to me, from God's perspective, the Bible says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you. So from the, the Bible makes it very clear, the, the Holy Writ, written by men through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that God sees babies as humans too. So I, I think it's incredibly, and, and, and no disrespect to you personally, but I think it's incredibly selfish 
And it's moral atrocity to say certain people have the right to seek freedom, but if they can't defend themselves, they don't. Children can't defend Josh, themselves. Josh, go ahead. Josh, go ahead. Well, you know, coming at this also from a libertarian perspective, um, which I align pretty much 99% of the, you know, of my beliefs align with the libertarian side. Uh, but this is not an issue that I align with most libertarians on. The reason being, uh, I come at it from a complete dis- different perspective of I don't think religion matters. I don't think a woman's choice matters to the way that this uh, issue should be approached. The only thing that matters is, is it a life or is it not? If it's not a life, then yes you should not be able to tell a woman that it has to carry this fetus or this lump of cells to term. But if it is a life from conception, it has to be protected. And that's, I mean, you know, in a libertarian mindset, protecting someone's life is, you know, one of the biggest freedoms. I mean, it's, it's the, by, by violating someone's life, you'd be violating their property rights uh, as well as, you know, every every basic right that they could possibly reach for. So, um, you know, not bringing religion into it whatsoever, I think that, uh, you know, abortion is something that is extremely against what libertarians claim that they're for. I, I find that very um, contradicting um, of the libertarian stance. I've always found that kind of odd, even though I align 99% of what libertarians say. Josh, I'm going to go to Gianni real quick. Gianni, your thoughts? You know, I kind of evolved because, okay, when I was a liberal, I was totally pro-choice. And then when I came over to the conservative side, you know, when economically, uh, you know, fiscally conservative, I kind of was like, do I change what I believe on abortion? Do I not change what I believe on abortion? So I really didn't know. So I was like, before I say anything, let me study. And I've been studying, you know, like when does a baby heartbeat happen and things of that nature. And even though I define myself as pro-choice, I'm I'm no I'm not pro-life at all, you know. But I'm not pro-abortion. It's two different things to me. I believe that as a libertarian, you know, a woman should have the right, you know, to do what they want with their body. But however, I'm under the persuasion that once a heartbeat is detected, that is life. Because when someone is living on Earth, how do you detect if they're dead or not is a heartbeat. So if there's no heartbeat going on, you could be brain dead and still be alive. But if there's no heartbeat going on, that means they're dead. So I'm of the persuasion that if a heartbeat is detected, that indicates life. Anything before a heartbeat, I believe a woman should be able to abort, you know, a baby or whatever. You know, early term abortion basically, but anything after from the heartbeat and on, I believe that that that's a life and that should be protected. Uh, Joel, I'll let you. Re- uh, um, wait, hold on one second, Maria. Maria, do you have any thoughts? Hi, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hi, yes. I wanted to know if what they thought about Planned Parenthood, how a uh, taxpayer funded. Um, money that is being donated they are also donating back to the democratic party i mean yeah i i i don't know joe what joe what do you think of all this stuff i mean in terms of 
Listen, I I think that uh, I think that services like Planned Parenthood. I'm not opposed to the federal government uh, paying for these things, but I also think that these things are best taken care of in, by the private sector, and that charities and foundations that that believe in these things should support these things. I think that uh, the private sector and, and the private uh, donation community. Uh, should take care of the arts, should take care of a lot of the things that are important to us as a society, as a culture, as a civilization. And the government should be out of these things. Uh, it really, it's probably best for the government not to be involved in it because it would it would right. eliminate all of these discussions. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and it's, it's almost, you know, Joel, and, and I tell a lot of people this, and I think a lot of people agree, it, it, the government creates problems, you know, just just so we can all, you know, argue back and forth. I mean, this has been an ongoing thing for so many years. Uh, you know, it, it keeps, I guess, it, in a sense, it keeps things interesting. But, uh, yeah, but I, you know, <laughs> you know, Joel, you're a, you're a straightforward guy, very successful. You know, you and I align and share a lot of the same ideas. I always appreciate you having me on the show. Um, I will let you go though, so we only have a few minutes left. But Joe, I'm gonna have you back soon. Um, I'm gonna be having some uh, big guests coming on. Larry Kudlow will be coming on in the coming months. I'll definitely probably have you on the show uh, during the same time as him. A great economist. Uh, but tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, probably the best place. Go to joelblock.com, and you can find my real estate okay. stuff and, and all my, you know, I, listen, I speak to corporations and advise companies and so forth, and you can find it all kinds of things that I do in, in that place. So joelblock.com. Excellent. Joel, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, Joel. All right, man. Take care, guys. All right, man. Take care. Joel Block, everybody. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to be right back with John Milkovich. We've got a bunch of great questions that we uh, will be asking and a lot of different uh, things that we will be going over. And the commercial will be in one, two, three. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Be sure to visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com. Again, that's the DonaldJTrumpStore.com. It's your one-stop shop for all your fancy, customized, and creative Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find these products anywhere else. Best part of all is that the products are all built right here in the USA. Um, be sure to type in promo code MTGA for 15% off your first order. Um, God bless you. God bless America. Cheers, everybody. All right, we are back. Um, so I do need to make a few announcements real quick before we get into uh, the, the thing I wanted to uh, talk about with uh, uh, Mr. M Senator Mikulovic. Um But uh, just to remind everyone, we had the left and so many people having hyperbolic thoughts and hysteria over the government shutdown and federal employees not getting paid. But uh, President Trump signed a bill today that is promising back pay to all these furlough federal workers. So no need to worry. You're going to get paid. Uh, there's no need to 
have CNN or ABC or NBC, uh, you know, get all everybody all frantic and all worked up. Um, another thing, uh, let, let's go into, uh, you know, the fact that uh, what's just mind-blowing, the more Michael Cohen lies. I mean, Michael Cohen just keeps lying and lying and lying. Um, and that, you know, and we're going to talk about that in, in detail here in a second, but uh, quick announcement. Obviously, I'll talk about this more in the, in the coming days on my show, but Ruth Ginsburg looks like she'll be retiring soon, so that means another Supreme Court pick for President Trump. That's not a guarantee yet, so I won't go into detail on that, but in the coming days, there's more and more reports from different political outlets that Ruth Ginsburg, uh, her time on the Supreme Court is coming to an end. So that's something we can definitely uh, be looking forward to. But uh, Senator Milkovich, uh, let's, let's go into facts here. So it came out yesterday, the FISA warrant abuse, Hillary Clinton uh, was responsible for setting up the Russia investigation. Uh, Michael Cohen is getting is making up lies. Okay. And what Hello? particular aspect? Yes, I'm, can you hear me, uh, Rory? Hello? Yeah, I think he cut off. Yeah, Roy might have just cut off. Okay. And who am I speaking, please? Right, right now, this is Josh right here. Um, since since he's off, just to wait for him to, just to wait sorry, for him to come got, back sorry, on. I, I got oh, there you go, Roy. Yeah, I got disconnected. Um, but going into this, what, I don't know how much you heard, but going into the whole FISA abuse and the reports that came out yesterday that Hillary Clinton was behind this whole Russia investigation hoax that was set up to. Uh, damaged Trump, uh, which we kind of figured all along that Hillary had something to do with it. But all of these reports and then Michael Cohen making up all these lies to make Robert Mueller look good and make it look like Robert Mueller is doing something sufficient with this investigation. But we all know it's a witch hunt. But, uh, John, your thoughts? And, well, uh, I just think that Well, I think we can hearken back to the comments of William Binney and Ray McGovern, uh, who are both former federal agents. I believe Mr. Binney was with the NSA, and uh, I think Mr. McGovern was with the the, the CIA. But they have both explicitly commented in one of their articles that, look, Robert Mueller helped usher in a surveillance state in America where Big Brother – our government is spying on the conversations that occur, telephone, text, emails, faxes, uh, cell phone conversations, Internet searches. And with this pervasive surveillance state, Vinnie uh, and McGovern argue, if there was real Russian collusion, if President Trump had actually been a principal to, I guess what they're calling the crime is, is um, – Uh, hacking Hillary Clinton's emails and then exposing her for all of her criminal conduct, if that had actually occurred, 
with all of the surveillance that we – the illegal surveillance, the, the unconstitutional, anti-constitutional surveillance that we have in America, Mueller wouldn't have to be threatening people or conducting inquisition or terrorizing people to lie. He would have the statements already intercepted by the federal spying apparatus uh, called the federal government. Um but he doesn't. He doesn't have that case. If the president said, look, we're going to work with you and we're going to hack Hillary's computer, which ultimately, to me, that if, if he was actually guilty of a crime, that's what they're accusing him of, they would already have the proof. They would already have the statements on tape or on, in computer messages or in yeah. digital communications, and they yeah. don't. So Mueller, lacking real evidence, is trying to terrorize people into uh, fabricating uh, statements that can be used against the president. Yeah, very, very, very well said. And and, and you know, it's it, you're absolutely right. I want I want to get Josh's thoughts real quick. We do have about five minutes left or so before before we have to wrap up the show. But I I do want to get uh, a few more of your thoughts a few more of your thoughts, John. But uh, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, you know, not to take up too much time, but what what Milkovich just said is absolutely accurate. We know that when when anybody does anything uh illegal in this country, that if the government wants to find out about it and wants to prosecute them for it, they find out pretty darn quick. I mean, even even to the extent of local law enforcement can find out pretty complicated stuff pretty fast these days you know for instance when someone gets kidnapped anymore or anything like that happens where there's someone missing and they're not sure even who did it a lot of these are being uncovered and a lot of them are happening quite quickly that's why when you know there's the only big stories anymore with with criminals or when rarely they can't be found um so you know (laughs) There's not a whole lot that's not known, you know, by the by the by any place of power, honestly, in the United States. Right. It's pretty easy these days, especially with the amount with the amount of surveillance surveillance on every single le- level, locally, right, statewide, federally. It should be something that should be able to be figured out quickly. And I would I would, you know, assume that there really is nothing going on here. And I mean. Boy, it sure does help the media to create fake stories these days. So it, it sure does, and and the fact that Hillary Clinton gets away with murder and she gets away with pretty much everything, and it's like she's the the queen bee. It's disgraceful. I mean, the, you know, the Clintons and Comey and McCabe, but I, but you know what? I think Trump has. Some stuff up his sleeve, and don't be surprised if you see some indictments coming. Uh, Maria, what are your thoughts? Hi. Um, yeah. Oh, Go I, ahead. What, what do you mean? What are my thoughts? Oh, you had a Did you have a question? Oh no, I just wanted to know what you guys thought of the Gillette ad. Oh, we talked about that yesterday. Yeah, we were. I mean, it was so alpha male. It was so putting men in, like, 
it just it just it's so disgraceful. It's making men more wimpy. It's women wanting to take over. Uh, it, it's 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 disgrace. I mean, in every aspect, it's basically men shaming. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, it. Uh, I, I refer to feminism these days as terrorism. I mean, the, the way how hostile and how they want to be the alpha over over the male. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. It blows my mind. Um, it, it really is just something nuts. Um, I, you know, John. Though I. You know, go, going back to you know everything. Do you see the indictments coming? Before we go, do you do you see these indictments coming? So you're saying the president is going to indict, uh, or well, his department, not not him specifically, but people working with him. Do you see indictments coming? You know, I my mind is open to it. I I hadn't really. You know, the DOJ and the FBI seem to be permeated. Indictments are rendered based upon proof and the actual commission of crimes rather than yep. people's political political views. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, I hope, I hope we're there. But as far as, you know, the Clintons, what about the trail of bodies, the unexplained murders, people yep. that had what I would Vince could call Foster, uh, Seth Rich. Yes, Vince Foster, Seth Rich, and uh, others. Uh, premature mature, uh, mortality syndrome, people that have possess incriminating information on the Clintons that die at a violent death at um, statistically uh, aberrationally. Young ages. Uh, that's what we should be prosecuting and, and investigating. What about uh, all of Mueller's corruption for 30 years? Uh, what about the real Russian collusion? You remember before they got before CNN and, and the networks took over the meme and, and started talking about Donald Trump. Donald yeah. Trump's alleged Russian collusion with zero evidence. The real Russian collusion. Yeah. We all know what that is. The Clintons right. helping transfer 20 percent of America's Uranium more interest to a Russian company, and in the meantime, and as in return for that, their, their efforts in transferring America's uranium interest to a foreign country, they receive over a hundred million dollars into the Clinton Foundation. Let's go ahead. And, if if Robert Mueller wants to go ahead and and, and talk about Russian collusion, let's go ahead yeah. and prosecute the real Russian collusion. And right. by the way, right. uh, so Robert true. Mueller was standing down while all that happened. He was head. The show's about to end. I, I do want to get uh, – tell everybody where they can find you, uh, uh, John, Senator Milkovich, and obviously your book uh, is fantastic. Tell everybody where they can find all your information. Thank you, Lori. Uh, the book is Robert Mueller, Errand Boy for the New World Order, and that, uh, that may be obtained or, or uh, accessed at robertmuellerarrandboy.com. That's Robert Mueller. Errandboy.com. Rory, thank you for for allowing me to participate in the show. Have some. John. Yes. John. 
Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, can you're you hear still me, there. I, yeah, I can hear you. I want to thank you for bringing the moderate uh, scenario back to the Democratic Party. I mean, you're bringing the JFK scenario back. I mean, you are aligning and same beliefs as Trump. I mean, it, it's great, and I, I really respect that, and I respect everything you're doing, and I want to make you a regular on the show, so we'll have you back on next week. Hey, Rory, thank you so much. What a privilege. All right. God bless you, sir. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Rory. And Josh Alavate, let's go to you, sir, well, where people can find you. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at J-O-S-H-H-L-A-V-A-T-Y. Excellent, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Uh, I want to thank all my audience tonight. It's been a fantastic show. Uh, I want to thank my special guests. I want to thank my sponsors. Um, I want to thank my co-hosts. We've got so much addressed. We got so much discussed. Uh, It was so eventful. Uh, What a show. Uh, And we'll be back with you all next week. Again, you can find all of our shows online. We're on over 40 different platforms, the Rory Sauter Show. Also visit the Next Gen USA, our new media site. That's the nexgenusa.com. Also visit the donaldjtrumpstore.com. Again, that's the donaldjtrumpstore.com. As.com, call us today and visit the site for your free consultation. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, everybody. God. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.